I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. The following program is presented by the Nerdy Show Podcast Network. Geeky programming for all nerds across the multiverse. All Nerdy Show programming is made possible by A Comic Shop, Orlando's number one comic shop and nerd destination, and with the generous support of listeners like you. To learn how you can support this and other fine geek programming, visit nerdyshow.com. Welcome to Nerdy Show, a weekly podcast dedicated to every facet of nerddom, from comics and video games to science and technology. If it's geeky, we've got it covered. Hi, I'm Cap. Hey, I'm Doug. Hey, I'm Jonathan from Wicked Anime. And with us is special guest host Norbert Daniels Jr. of the podcast Saturday Morning Block Party. Hey, guys. This is a nerdy show, Microsode. That's where you decide what we talk about for uh, 15 minutes or more. That's also the thing that we do kind of every other week here on Nerdy Show. We do the shows where we talk about all the latest happenings in the nerd world. And all the weeks in between, we fill it with something like these topical Microsode discussions, interviews, or specials. In this case... Well, we're talking about um, we're talking about Scooby Doo. Scooby Dooby Doo. <laughs> this comes requested by James Hickson, and uh, I think all of us in the world probably have a long history of at least taking in some kind of Scooby Doo. It's got a forty-seven year history. Wow, s- since nineteen sixty-nine. And the reason we've got Norbert here on the show is when I was introduced to his podcast. One of the first things I heard was a two-part Scooby Doo special. That was the most extensive dig into the Scooby-Doo, well, anything I'd ever heard. I didn't really even know there was a, in spite of how, you know, how much Scooby-Doo there is in the world, I didn't really know it had a fandom even. But my God, you guys just took it to a level I did not expect. All hail the do. <laughs> <laughs> so since Norbert is new here, let's talk a little bit about you. How long have you been doing Saturday Morning Block Party for? I've been doing Saturday Morning Block Party since fall 2013 the last i guess year or so i haven't been doing it as regularly as i wanted to but you know it's still going on it's just on a episodes will come out when they come out schedule but i get to talk about cartoons with a lot of different people i have a rotating group of co-hosts if you've seen that really popular picture of the substitute teacher who worked on courage and cowardly dog that is pilar newton Katz, and we interviewed her and you interviewed someone from the Steven Universe crew as well, right? Ben Levin. That was a really good show. We talked about ska music. <laughs> yeah, my favorite. <laughs> and you, you cover a lot of different topics. In fact, the most recent episode, as of this episode's recording, is about cancer specials in cartoons, which I found really fascinating because I didn't even know there were any. Yeah, that was a really interesting episode to do. Well, it started with Arthur because that was, growing up, my number one favorite show on PBS. And when I was older and probably in that period before I got into Adventure Time and regular show when I thought all, all new cartoons are bad, all old cartoons are good, <laughs> you know, I remember hearing that 
there was this special where Miss McGrady gets cancer. And then a few years later, after I matured in my taste of cartoons, like, they're still good cartoons. I decided to go back and watch the Arthur special, and I was super surprised at how well they handled it. So we talked about that, and we also talked about Why Charlie Brown Why, which is a peanut special about cancer. And if you know the history of Charles Schultz, you know, his family's got a history with cancer. His mom died of cancer, and he eventually ended up passing away from cancer too. Yeah, I, I'd never I'd never heard of the Charlie Brown cancer special, and I was shocked that it was called Why Charlie Brown Why? <laughs> it sounds like he becomes a serial killer or something like that. <laughs> Does the title of the episode of, of Why Charlie Brown Why, or the special, is that specifically Charlie Brown or someone like dealing with the, the, the severity of cancer? Like, why do these things happen in the world? Is that is that what it's about, or what does exactly that title pertain to? I guess it's basically that existential question, why, you know, why do, these, why do these horrible things happen? Because it's about a girl at school who Linus befriends and she ends up being diagnosed with leukemia and it goes through her journey of finding out she's sick and then getting treated in the hospital and we see how it affects a bunch of different people around her in life and we eventually see that her cancer's gone into remission and she's going to be okay. The title is... Why are they asking Charlie Brown these questions? <laughs> Charlie Brown doesn't have an answer. And that's one thing I've learned from any of the other cartoons is he doesn't know what the hell's going on. Why aren't they playing that special during Thanksgiving? Cool. <laughs> God. Well, let's, let's get to the order of the day then. Scooby-Doo. Like, why, why, Charlie Brown? Why do I have cancer? I don't know. I don't even know what Christmas is all about. I gotta ask you guys. <laughs> James Hickson wants to talk about Scooby-Doo. No particular direction. Let's talk about Scooby-Doo. This show has had... 12 different series from 1969 to present, over 30 films. It debuted September 13th, 1969, and like I've been saying, 47 years of Scooby-Doo. We're close to the 50-year mark, which has got to be some kind of record. I don't know. It's been like consistently on the air more than a lot of famous animated television programs. Even longer than Law & Order. <laughs> right? <laughs> Man, why of all the Scooby-Doo crossovers, why hasn't there been a Law and Order? Really, <laughs> Dick Wolf, you got to get on that, man. <laughs> it started with Scooby-Doo, Where Are You, which ran from only 1969-1970 with only 25 episodes, which is shocking considering how essential a piece of programming that is. And uh, the most recent iteration is Be Cool, Scooby-Doo, which uh, is the series that followed the critically acclaimed Scooby-Doo Mystery Incorporated AKA, if you ask Cap, the only Scooby Doo you need to bother watching. Oh, yes. Yeah, that one was legitimately That my was the best too. one. If they just never made another Scooby Doo thing ever after Mystery Inc., I would have been satisfied. Yep. <laughs> but they did. <laughs> it's been two years since my show did that Scooby Doo retrospective. And even though it's been only two years, there's been a ton of new Scooby Doo stuff. It's crazy. Oh man, and you guys you guys dug into it so hard. There were all these reoccurring characters that I didn't even realize were things in the Scooby-verse. Um, like the Harlem Globetrotters? Well, <laughs> like a gang of witches, right? That's a thing. Right, the Hex Girls. Uh, yeah, see? See? Nope. Had no idea. That's a thing. And there's many things in Scooby-Doo. Like, are, Norbert, would you say you're like fascinated by Scooby-Doo or are you a diehard Scooby-Doo fan? Are you a Scooby-Doo or a Scooby-Don't? <laughs> Scooby-Doo. <laughs> Man, i've loved the series since i was a kid and even though everyone hates scrappy doo i like him that's very controversial <laughs> I, I okay when i was growing up i had trouble in scooby-doo where are you alone because i would always turn cartoon network on it's like yeah i want to watch ed and eddie and then it's like scooby-doo's on and you're like oh i hope that this is the last 
two minutes of the episode before the next block of show starts. And no, it was the beginning of Scooby-Doo. And I always had trouble with that when I was younger. <laughs> uh, but if it was Scooby-Doo with Scrappy-Doo, I would definitely most certainly change the channel. <laughs> in my notes, I was reading that the introduction of Scrappy-Doo as a reoccurring character in the like late 70s, early 80s actually led to a ratings boost in the show. So they just kept pouring it on. People loved no him kidding. back then. Yeah. No kidding. There was actually, of the 12 Scooby-Doo series, there's two series back-to-back called Scooby-Doo and Scrappy-Doo. Wow. Ooh, man. I do not like Shaggy's red shirt either. <laughs> what? Red shirt Shaggy's the best. <laughs> What's red shirt Shaggy? I don't even know this. Yeah, in, in the Scrappy-Doo series, Shaggy's wearing a red shirt. Yup, and in some of the movies, I think Ghoul School. And Ghoul School, he definitely world. was. Yeah, I remember that. <laughs> wow. And I think maybe 13 Ghosts, too. I don't remember 13 Ghosts. I know that my fiance has it. My Okay, my fiance is the one who actually got me into Scooby-Doo because in her household, if it's before the 60s, she's not allowed to watch it. So, <laughs> what? Uh, Whoa. That's usually the opposite <laughs> of, of other households. It's it's a weird family dynamic. I don't I don't know, but uh, she wants to watch other stuff. But Scooby Doo was her favorite, so she was always allowed to watch Scooby Doo. So she was obsessed with that. She has everything. It's like Scooby Doo. You, you and watch so- you watch all the South Park you want, but I'll be damned if you watch Leave It to Beaver in my house. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, no, I, I mean, like, she could only watch, like, Abbott and Costello and, like, oh. and... Oh, okay. Uh, F, then, yeah, you completely misworded. stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, okay. Sorry, 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 yeah. So she, she, <laughs> yeah. Could, she could only watch the first season, season. Couple seasons. of Scooby-Doo. Yeah. <laughs> she didn't make it yeah. to Scrappy? No. Yeah, right, no. <laughs> now, speaking of Scrappy-Doo, if you've read the latest issue of Scooby Apocalypse, he's now the villain. Yeah. Uh, eh, that's... Uh, <laughs> I mean, I'm not a huge Scrappy-Doo fan either, but... The uh, trope of making him a villain is just like the same as taking, oh, well, Jar Jar's a Sith Lord. Ain't that funny? It's like, <laughs> I don't know, man. That was the plot of the of the first Scooby-Doo yeah. live action movie. Exactly. Spo- spoilers, by the way, for anybody who hasn't <laughs> yes. seen it. Spoilers. They tear the mask off and it's not a monster. <laughs> <laughs> so what do you guys think of the Scooby Apocalypse comics? I rather dislike it. Let me get some background in case the listener is not familiar with Scooby Apocalypse. It's part of DC's Hanna-Barbera line they just recently l- launched this year in 2016. And it is a very extreme retelling of... Everything about Scooby-Doo. It's written by DeMattis and Giffen, the classic writing team that did the best run of Justice League of all time. And uh, it was redesigned by Jim Lee. And Fred and Daphne are the production team for a reality show about strange happenings, ghost hunting and stuff. Velma is looks like a growth-stunted scientist or child scientist or, scientist or teen scientist in a secret facility happening beneath Burning Man where Shaggy is the dog wrangler for a group of experimental dogs, uh, among which there's Scooby, who is the reject because he's friendly and the other dogs are meant for war. What? Oh, <laughs> is that the purpose? He has a speech impediment. Yeah, that's the reason why I, that I caught on to was because he had the speech impediment. So they're like, he's a fail. <laughs> Discount dog. <laughs> yeah, and Velma works for this collective of people who wanted to release nanites into the world to make humanity docile and enslave them. But something went wrong and it turned everyone except a few immune people into monsters. Yeah. My biggest problem with the comic overall was the inconsistent art. Oh my gosh. If you look at panels that are like directly next to each other, it's like a completely different artist drew each character. It's ugly. It is just an ugly, ugly comic book. 
I like the art, especially how they draw Daphne because now she's got some muscles. Yeah, I don't mind that too, but it's just like she looks like a different character in every panel and and Fred looks awful. Like the covers, <laughs> the covers to the comic are amazing, but then you open it up and you go, "Oh." I actually don't love it. I stopped reading right before the Scrappy Doo issue. But I want to give a shout out to the Flintstones comic, which is, I, oh, I, yes. I will straight up say the Flintstones comic is the best comic DC's putting out right now. It's incredible. You have to read it. It's probably one of the best comics of the year. I wow. agree. It's amazing. More on that in a upcoming episode of Nerdy Show, because don't expect me to stop talking about the Flintstones comic anytime soon. It's safe to say it made your bedrock. <laughs> <laughs> And I did not expect to dig it, but oh my god, I dig it. Dig it so well, Mr. Slate wants to hire you for the quarry. (laughs) I'm sorry. (laughs) No, you're not. You're not sorry. Not really, no. It's a living. (laughs) I learned something today in my Scooby-Doo research. I learned that the creation of Scooby-Doo was built on the ashes of Hanna-Barbera's dramatic television. It was built upon the burial ground of Space Ghost, Herculoids, and Birdman. Oh, really? Yeah, because in uh, 1969, there was an organization called the Action for Children's Television, a.k.a. ACT, who were seriously upset by what they perceived as excessive violence within superhero genre programming and also things like Johnny Quest. But Johnny Quest was already off the air by the time this happened. And uh, they raised so much of a stink that after they really started hitting it hard in 1968, in 1969, all those shows got canceled due mostly to them. Yeah. But at least all those shows came back and like Space Goes Coast to Coast and <laughs> oh, there's a ton of Phantom Barbera cameos and references in Mystery Inc. Yeah. I can now see why that they got specifically Henry Winkler to develop Scooby-Doo and write for it. Wait, wait, wait. Henry Winkler? You didn't know this? No. Yeah. Oh, the original Scooby-Doo series uh, was maj- majorly written by Henry Winkler. Wow. Yeah. That's super weird. I actually learned that on our podcast, and my fiance taught me that. <laughs> wow. Uh, so I got a question. Among us, do we know the first time that Scooby and the gang actually ran into real monsters? Was that Scooby-Doo on Zombie Island? Uh, yeah, I think so. Unless 13 Ghosts came first. I can't remember. Well, I actually have an answer to that. Oh, okay. And it's not what you think. Okay. Huh? The, the gang, I don't know when the gang encountered monsters, but I read that in the respective Scooby-Doo and Scrappy-Doo series, that was where they stopped being uh, businessmen in costumes. Oh. Huh. They were just straight up monsters there because I think, I've never watched that show, but I think it was probably nonsense. Like a lot of Scooby walking on two <laughs> well, legs. I mean, even, even with Scrappy, I just recall episodes where they're always unmasking somebody or they're proving like the, you know, the hologram trick with a, you know, projector, a slide and a piece of glass and some fog. And suddenly a ghost ship is there, you know, like like even even episodes of Scrappy seem to have that. And I just remember when Zombie Island was coming out, there's a lot of hype on Cartoon Network like. For the first time, it's real. And just like, you know, I was like, oh, man, I was so pumped for this. Like, it, you know, and then I started watching it and I kind of fell asleep watching it because it didn't quite I guess it didn't quite do it for me at the time. Because real monsters don't really? exist, but sure as hell a, a talking dog will. Yeah, you yep. know, whatever. <laughs> My suspension of disbelief only goes so far. I like how in Mystery Inc., talking animals is just something that just happens in the world. No one really cares. And Scooby's not the only one. Yeah. Let's give some love right now to Mystery Inc. in case we might run out of time and not give that amazing show room. It ran from 2010 to 2013. It's 52 episodes. 
even if you hate Scooby-Doo, you will probably dig this show. It's one of the best all-ages cartoons to come out in the past 10 years, probably. It is a finite story. It has a beginning, middle, and end. So if you want to just check out a show of solid episodes of comedy, pop culture parody, sci-fi and horror tropes galore. And a love letter to Hanna-Barbera. Yes, of the highest degree. You got to check out Mystery Incorporated. It made the characters really come alive. It added so much to all of them. This is the final episode, Rye Raggy Rye? <laughs> <laughs> no, but Cthulhu does show up. Oh, okay. <laughs> I mean, they're playing with high stakes. It's great. They've got an established town, mythology. There's so much depth to it. And episode, episode continuity, consequences, character arcs, the works. Everything you'd want from a show. They have it. What do you guys think of Be Cool, Scooby-Doo? I haven't seen it. That's the current show. Never even gave it a try. What's the verdict, Norbert? Well, okay, the art style, it looks like a college humor parody. And (laughs) the very first time they marketed it, it did not sound good because... The first time they had a magazine ad, they like used the word hipster, and they actually tried to do a knock on Mystery Inc., but... Oh, not cool. Th- that sh- the show has actually exceeded my expectations, because the humor is different, but it's decent, and the animation is actually super impressive compared to what you would expect from the art. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Style. Like, just watch one of the chase sequences. It's amazing. What's the overall premise of the show? What makes it, like, different? Uh, It's just classic Scooby-Doo, but (laughs) with a different sense of humor, I guess. Modern day sense of humor. Why does Scooby-Doo got to be cool? Isn't he always cool? He's a pretty cool dog. (laughs) The way he stays cool is you have to remind him, so... Oh, so that's like a catchphrase. Like, be cool, Scooby-Doo! <laughs> when you say, oh, well, the be cool, Scooby-Doo has got way more impressive animation. Chill the fuck out, Scoob! <laughs> <laughs> when, you, when you say it has more impressive animation than one would expect, what I expect is rotating doors. You know, like, <laughs> just like the rotating background over and over, repeating step background of the same hallway over and over again. Or it's a static shot looking down a hallway <laughs> and just... The same side profile animation cell flipped horizontally of them running on a run cycle. So anything beyond that, I'm already going to be impressed for Scooby Doo, and I and I and I say that with the greatest love. But that's just the way I've I've that's the Scooby Doo I grew up on. When they had to develop the show at the last minute because those other shows got canceled, Hanna Barbera needed something to fill Saturday morning, so they developed it in a rush. One of the first things they developed was the Archie show, which was immediately very popular, and they tried to kind of do it again with Scooby-Doo 
Barbera developed an early version of the show called House of Mystery before passing it off to uh, Joe Ruby and Ken Spears, who are the writers, and the artist character designer Iwao Takamoto. And when they got a hold of it, it was called Mysteries 5 and mm. featured five teens, Jeff, spelled Geoff, uh, Mike, Kelly, Linda, and Linda's little brother, WW, and their bongo-playing <laughs> dog, Too Much. <laughs> no, <laughs> that was just too much. It's like no. it's too here, much. Yeah, man. you hear spooky noise. It's like, blah, blah, what's that? Oh, that's just too much. <laughs> and can you fucking imagine? Like that show would have been completely and utterly forgotten <laughs> if they'd made that. Then again, they had all of those other shows that came after, it, like Josie and the Pussycats, and uh, what's the one with the shark? Jabberjaw. 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 Yeah. yeah, and uh, is that the same one with the Dune buggy too? Was Jabberjaw the one no, with the talking Dune buggy? No, that's Dune buggy. <laughs> okay, yeah, so that answers my question. Did they ever explain why they had to add the laugh track? I don't know. I think that's just what you did in cartoons at the time because I remember the Flintstones and maybe the Jetsons had that too. Yeah, yeah, they did. But it's weird because weren't Flintstones and Jetsons primetime shows when they started? I've totally forgotten now, but there was at least some Hanna-Barbera programming that was originally slated as primetime shows. And I, I think it was Flintstones. So that then, you know, they're like the whole format just demands the laugh track. And I, I, I guess it just made sense to them with Scooby-Doo. But <laughs> I wonder, you know, like laugh track is so often just, you know, phoned in for like, well, we want people to laugh here. So let's just, you know, let's just provoke them to laugh. <laughs> uh, but did they ever have anybody like did they ever, ever clock a live laugh track on Scooby-Doo? I would love to know that. Scooby-Doo is filmed for a live studio audience. It's just like, what? Well, that would be very stressful to the animator's wrist. Yeah, it would so. just be it would just be like a hundred people just drawing as fast as they can. Or just, scan I mean, it, I, I mean you could just say that they animated it and then they screened it in front of a live audience, recorded the audio, then broadcast it on TV. But why go through all the hoops? <laughs> Someone pointed out the creepy thing is that Whenever you watch uh, Scooby-Doo, or at this point, I mean, almost anything at this point, but all the uh, laughter was recorded, like, way back, like, in the 40s or whatever, so all those people are dead. <laughs> Chuck Polly, so oh, bye. Yeah. yeah, yeah, so you're hearing the laughter of people long dead. Even by the time Scooby-Doo came around, those people were probably dead. <laughs> the ghosts are laughing at him. Those are the real ghosts, yeah. yeah. <laughs> when you think about it, cartoons were really ahead of the curve with the laugh track thing, because... Only recently, in like the last 20 years or so, have live-action comedies gotten away from using laugh tracks, like Malcolm in the Middle and Community and those yeah, mockumentary like even, ones. Even MASH had to fight to get rid of the laugh track. You know? God. Like, uh, and, and it makes sense when you think about it. Like, yeah, that's not really funny. You know? Like, you don't want that around. <laughs> but every time, that's why it's only... Anyway, this is not a MASH microsode. Let's <laughs> to donate for that one. <laughs> so... We've had two live-action Scooby-Doo movies. Three, actually. One was a TV movie that no one cares about. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that one. The one where they were, like, really, really young, right? Yeah, and Fred wore a wig. Did you guys know that there's another Scooby-Doo movie in production? Uh, Like, with Freddie Prince Jr. and all them? No. Another uh. WWE one? <laughs> nope. This is, well, it's called Scoob, which is, which is <laughs> S.C.O.O.B. All right. Dot. <laughs> it's it's a 3D animated film from Warner Animation. It's slated to come out September 21st, 2018. Directed by Tony Cervone and written by Matt Lieberman. Now, I didn't know those names at all, so here's the research I did. Tony Cervone, he's been a showrunner for the uh, 2003 Duck Dodgers show and the Looney Tunes show. Oh, yes, that's going to be amazing. Series. 
He's also the director of many WB and Turner made-for-TV movies and direct-to-video animated films, including two Scooby-Doo films, the recent Scooby-Doo and Kiss Rock and Roll Mystery and mm-hmm. Scooby-Doo Abracadabra-Doo. That kiss will be so weird. It was basically a magical girl anime. Was it? I, I wanted to see it because Kevin Smith is involved in some way, right? I don't know. I'll, I'll double check that. A magical girl show based on Kiss sounds pretty interesting. Yeah. <laughs> I would have loved it, though, if Kiss and the movie were the actual ages. So instead of looking like fit, early 30s guys, they're all old farts in their 60s. I think the uh, the Comic-Con promotion from last year just tricked me into thinking Kevin Smith is more involved. He has a voice role as worker number two. So I think... <laughs> But here's, here's the, the writer, though. The writer for this, I don't know. I don't know about this. Matt Lieberman, he's writing the uh, the reboot for Short Circuit that's uh, in production of some kind right now. And uh, the sad. only other credit on IMDb that he has for writing a film is uh, Dr. Doolittle 4, Tale to the Chief. <laughs> <laughs> Tale to the Chief. The only information about this film is that it sees the Scooby-Doo and the Mystery Machine gang working for a larger organization, hence the Scoob title. And it's the first film in the alleged Hanna-Barbera cinematic universe. Oh, boy. Yes, I am on board. (laughs) Scoob 4, Wacky Races. You know, like, just... Yeah, a, a live action ra- wacky races movie would be the bomb. It would be like the live action mm. Speed Racer movie. I, I guarantee it'd be you. like Speed Racer meets Fury Road. Well, that's yeah. which I guess that's, was the yeah, plot behind the comic. The comic. Right? Wacky Raceland, yeah. And here you had me all amped for a Johnny Quest movie, but now I want a wacky races movie. But Jonathan, have you read Future Quest, the DC comic featuring Johnny Quest and Birdman and Space Ghost and the Herculoids and all the weird sci-fi Hanna Barbera stuff? I've seen it on the shelves, but I have yet to pick it up. It's great. I, I gotta say, I would be pumped for a Johnny Quest Scooby Doo crossover. That would well, be that a, did a happen. I would adventure. Oh shit! But I if gotta, it, I gotta watch it now. But outside <laughs> of guaranteed it, that's outside sold, of that's Mystery Inc., if it wasn't in that show, I'd be like, get Scooby Doo out of my Johnny Quest, goddammit. I want to see a Jabberjaw <laughs> reboot, but they're a third wave ska band like that. Cartoon Network groovies. Me and my friends get no respect. Oh. <laughs> yes. Like, so Jabberjaw and Josie and the Pussycats try to yeah. battle all the bands or something. When the Hex Girls show up, the track record for Scooby Doo and Hanna Barbera made for TV films is so absolutely in orbit with the stuff they will do. That seems completely reasonable. So you heard it here first, and uh, that's time. Before we go, I want to do two quick things. One, if you enjoyed this show and would like to support this and all the programming on the Nerdy Show Network. We are entirely listener-supported and fueled solely by your love. We've got a bunch of different ways that you can contribute. Just go to nerdyshow.com support to check them out. There's our Patreon, where if you subscribe for even a dollar a month, you will help us out immensely, and you'll also get a ton of cool stuff, including all kinds of early releases from across the network. You can also give a one-time donation. You can shop on Amazon through our links. Just head to nerdyshow.com slash Amazon, and if you use us as your portal, everything you buy will give a percentage to Nerdy Show. We recommend using that link as your only portal to Amazon. And then, if you want to do something that involves no money whatsoever, you can always rate and review us on iTunes. Just log on, give us five stars, and if you have a little bit extra time, go ahead and write a review. It doesn't even have to be long. And of course, you can always just spread the word. Share or retweet our episodes, tell friends about us. We're an entirely grassroots outfit, and this is the only way that we can exist. So, thank you for listening. 
And uh, as our last act before we go, I figured we could uh, conclude by sharing favorite Scooby-Doo memories. Doug, you want to you wanna kick this off? Sure. When I was younger and I was into Batman, I think you already know where this is going. <laughs> <laughs> where could he possibly be going with this? Um, I don't know. You know I'm, I'm, still, I'm still into Batman, but... Uh, but I remember hearing, you know, that this episode where Scooby-Doo meets Batman. I'm like, what? Like, I just couldn't believe it. And we got the tape, and I must have worn that tape out. That was, like, my favorite Scooby-Doo thing ever. And the fact that Joker and Penguin, all, all like, everyone's involved in this or whatever. And Batman even had a Scooby snack in the shape of a bat. You know, I'm like, this is, this, that was right up my, I mean, I was really young, but it was, that was, like, my favorite thing I'd watch all the time right up my alley. And only years later did I find out Casey Kasem did both voices. So he's pulling double duty on that. And I was like, that's fucking awesome. Like, so much respect for Casey Kasem now. Wait, who Kasem? Did Kasem voice Batman? No, Casey thought, Kasem th- was Robin. Oh, okay. He was Robin and Shaggy. Because I thought, did Adam West voice Batman? I don't recall. He should have if he didn't. But yeah, wear, wearing that tape out was definitely uh, my favorite Scooby-Doo memory. Uh, I too had that tape. And that's, I think, the only Scooby-Doo thing I've, I've ever owned. He's owned my heart. <laughs> When I was little, like I said before, I liked Scrappy-Doo, and his catchphrase would be puppy power, but the way I would do it, I would always go like, puppy power. I would use up my entire breath on just a P and continue to talk. That's how he does it when he's old. Sadly, mine is actually going to be kind of boring because my first even good memory of Scooby-Doo was actually probably Mystery Incorporated. I wasn't really that avid of a fan of Scooby-Doo until Mystery Incorporated came along and I was like, oh, I finally get it. And now that I've been through college and my history of animation and everything like that, uh, because this is what I majored in, I go back to old Hanna-Barbera cartoons and really appreciate what they've done for the animation world. And to see all the tricks that they did in order to get a half hour cartoon out in such a fast amount of time. So Mystery Incorporated was like my first yes moment for Scooby-Doo. And then going back to seeing the other ones, I really have an appreciation for it. Well, I'm, I'm going to actually echo exactly what you said there, Jonathan. Mystery Inc., I, I also felt like I finally got it. I finally saw what maybe everybody else saw in Scooby-Doo. It was the, it was the first... Scooby-Doo that I felt like was actually made for me. Yep. And it has such a, a great degree of depth. The character designs for Scooby-Doo were always just really fantastic pieces of design. Uh, Iwo Takamoto did a bang-up job on all of them. There's so much to them while being so simple. Have you ever seen the original concept art Takamoto did? I don't think so. It is amazing. It, it looks way better than what we got in Scooby-Doo, Where Are You? Try, I'll track it down because... Uh, like I can, I can imagine that he got, especially turning it around as fast as they did to get the show out since they were in such dire straits to get programming on the air at all. They had to simplify a great deal. It was also really satisfying with Mystery Incorporated to finally take years of fans speculating and wanting for Velma to have some kind of a relationship with another woman. And everything that happened with Velma in that series was pretty perfect. Um, speaking of Velma... Taking Us Out is a track by Doug Funny called Velma from his 2012 record, Head in the Clouds. I will caution you, if a dude macking hard on Velma ruffles your feathers or uh, screws with your head cannon, this track might not be for you. But it's one of the few Scooby-Doo specific tracks that I know of in the Nerdy FM library. Nerdy FM is our nerd music radio station where we play the finest selection of nerd music at nerdy.fm and also on uh, Apple and Android apps. Thanks so much for listening. Bye, I'm Cap. Bye, I'm Doug. 
Bye, I'm Jonathan. Bye, I'm Norbert. See you next time. I can't believe y'all, y'all showed up. I mean, I know there was ghosts happening around here. I don't think when you, if you called somebody, they'd show up, and especially you being here. But actually, I, I, I got a confession. Looks like you're finding clues with me. I'm kind of glad pretty put us in the groups of three, because now I can tell you how I actually feel. What well, older places we would go if you were actually real, but I, First time when I saw you from a dinkly First thought I came to my was OMG Simply beautiful, baby heaven sent Finding guilty in it, innocence with your benevolence Orange skirt, orange blouse, orange socks like a centiphobe Looking for a princess green, I'm about to die Let me tell you something that I'm thinking that you ought to know Just wanted to meet you, I'm the villain in this episode So, you're intelligent too And they all look at you when they don't have a clue And no mystery was solved by that puppet Scooby-Doo And they wouldn't figure shit if it wasn't for you So Mrs. Dinkley, kinda wanna talk to you Now Mrs. Dinkley, Swamp monsters or vampires? I'm quite perplexed. So, are you saying? Excuse me, if I'm coming on a bit strong, a lot of information to grasp, but only one song, my friends ask why. About a fictitious chick, and that you've been licking clips, I'm thinking that's ridiculous shit. I don't think you ever found you compatible, ever found a dude that would do something irrational. Uh-huh. I see you with me every brief moment the most. I don't want to tag along to find ghost, coast to coast, stand. At least that's how it'll be with me. But wait, why's your ID say Linda Cornellini? Sweetie, you think's a pretty good question to ask. But every time you lose your glasses, I'm looking at your ass, miss. Wait, shit, did I say that out loud? You're so damn fine, it got me overthinking out loud. So what did you say? Wanna go and give me a shot? Cause I could do more for you with just liking you a lot. So, Mrs. Dinkley, I don't wanna talk to you. Now, Mrs. Dinkley, I don't wanna be with you. Now, Mrs. Dinkley, you just play my mind and go ahead and find them clues with your fine. This may not be quite logical, but you want to accompany me back to the mystery machine? Wow, really? Uh, yeah, yeah, sure. Oh, but what about the gang? The gang? I did. Um. Well, I, I think they'll be fine. I think I they'll figure it out. Thanks for listening to Nerdy Show. If you like what you heard, please rate and review us on iTunes or like and follow us on SoundCloud. As listener-supported entertainment, we rely on you to keep this and other shows on the Nerdy Show Network alive by telling a friend or funding the network via Patreon. Any contribution gets you exclusive outtakes, episodes, and images from across the network, and there's even more perks available. Just head to patreon.com slash nerdyshow. To find out how you or your company can underwrite this or other Nerdy Show programming, visit nerdyshow.com slash sponsorships. You can also subscribe to us via iTunes and SoundCloud. Leave a comment, like and share, and follow Nerdy Show on all of your favorite social networks. For more podcasts, articles, community forums, and other awesomeness, visit nerdyshow.com. If it's geeky, we've got it covered. Hold up. What was that? 
Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.